Welcome to the Challenge Chronicles. I'm Trace Armstrong and I'm joined by Rob McIntyre. Devin is away dealing with a personal issue. Everything's uh, okay, but um, Devin is needing to take tonight off. So Rob and I are here to talk about news in the challenge world. There have been a lot of updates in and around the world of the challenge. And uh, we're going to start with All-Stars 2. Rob, how are you? I'm doing okay. Seems like we've had to have somebody on the bench a lot these past few shows. So we'll, we'll make up for it. We will. Um, We're about to enter the busy season. <laughs> yeah, that is true. This is this is definitely kind of the calm before the storm, or we, we things really pick up uh, challenge wise. Uh, yeah. Speaking I mean, of which, yeah, we we have had a couple of cast changes for this upcoming All Stars too. Um, overall, you think pro or con to to what we've heard so far? Um, there's pros and cons to what happened i still think this is a great cast like i do not change my opinion on that but we've got a couple disappointments that and a couple positives too so um i think it's just easier to just dive right into them so my first pro uh emily from cancun is an alternate she is not officially (laughs) on the cast so uh there is great rejoicing in the armstrong household due to that one what do you think Uh, the entire household or everybody got behind that one my wife just said, oh, if you're happy, I'm happy. So we're going with that. <laughs> My daughter just likes to see daddy happy and clap. So I assume this was like when the Capitals won the Stanley Cup where you, you were exploding in celebration and everybody else was like, what What happened? Yeah, well, no, my wife, uh, since we got married, my wife's gotten big into hockey. So she will watch the Caps with me. And the night the Caps won the Cup, there was, there was weeping, weeping on my couch. <laughs> I was crying like a little baby. I also cried in Mexico. We were uh, – in Mexico for game seven against Tampa in the Eastern playoffs. I'm yeah. standing in a sports bar on our all-inclusive resort, just here streaming on my face. Going, I want another beer. This is so awesome. Did, we're going to uh, go to the cup. <laughs> they were, they were playing it um, just without you telling them. Yeah. It was the only live sport happening that night. It was literally okay. watch the caps and the lightning or nothing. Cause there was, or I guess there was baseball, but they, because it was the Stanley cup and I guess they were just showing it, but yeah, it was fun. They had a big projector screen. It's like a hundred foot screen on the wall. It was awesome. But I digress. Uh, so yeah. So pro or con for you that uh, Emily is an alternate here. I mean, if somebody's going to get put um, in the bullpen for the out of this this female cast, like it's, it's definitely fine. She, she's one of the ones who's going to be sitting in reserve. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. We we had. I guess we kind of had one alternate get used last season for all stars, just because the Abrams situation is kind of a question mark. Yeah, which did um, we ever get confirmation who that alternate was? No, that... We, we don't know who that was because uh, it happened so early on in the process. Gotcha. So, yeah, so it remains to be seen if she'll end up playing a factor at all on the show. Um, and yeah. then also, so Svetlana and Ruthie both were reported as not making it to the location. I was, Svetlana I was pretty disappointed by. I, I loved yeah. her storyline on the duel, so I, I was pretty much – I was hoping she would be – Coming back around, it was pretty surprised to see her on the cast. So, What's weird, too, is she did the exact same thing she did for Gauntlet 3. So one thing we didn't cover when we did the Gauntlet 3, I went back and actually checked the pod. Um, We did not talk about that Svetlana literally was at the airport to go to Gauntlet 3 and then turned around and went home before she flew (laughs) down to Mexico. So, yeah, they were in Mexico for Gauntlet 3. So, like... Apparently, the exact same thing happened. She went through quarantine, and before they went to get on the plane to Cancun, where they're filming All Stars 2, by the way, uh, she she went home. Sure. Yep, because apparently what happened is Jimmy is now an alternate, and Jimmy was not in quarantine. They flew her from home directly to quarantine in Cancun. Uh, yeah, I mean, if she is an alternate, they could have her just flying in quarantine while, like, they start the beginning of the season, and then if they need to bring her in after the quarantine, they can bring her in. Exactly. So, like, Jimmy was not supposed to be even an alternate, and she replaced Svetlana as an alternate. She was there in case of emergency break glass situation for this season. So, Jimmy, uh, last second, literally, the day they were flying to Cancun, she flew separately from the rest of the cast, and she should still be in quarantine in Cancun in case they need her. So I want, how do you think they decide how many alternates to take for each side of the bracket? Is it like a legal thing? Is it like who, who, who is making that call? You know, I don't know. Um, and I, I don't know that I can find that one out from my source. Um, I, I would, I would say they just look at the number of cast members there are, and they look at the number of weeks of filming 
And it's kind of that situation. Well, if something happens in this block of time, we'll plug in an alternate. Um, but at a certain point, we're just going to let the season play out. Like we're not going to bring an alternate in three episodes before the final. Uh, for sure. But it, it does seem pretty inconsistent with how they use it. Like on Vendettas, when Eddie literally doesn't even make it to the house, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and they, then they, and we know they had Derek and who, who else was, I don't know. They had people there that could have stepped in. They didn't bring anybody in. It was very weird. Yeah, it is. It was all, well, Vendettas is just weird anyway. Vendettas is a weird season. <laughs> so it, it is, and I like, we know how the payment works for them too. Like how, how are they? They get paid a flat rate for just being an alternate. So they, uh, Kendall, no, Kendall explained that in one of her Challenge Mania interviews. Uh, she was an alternate for the island, um, and they the producers already knew they probably weren't going to use her, but they knew she needed the money, so they made her an alternate, and so she just got a paycheck for being on standby to go down to the island if she had to. And she just gets a vacation around? No, she stayed at home for that. Like, I think that for... At home? Yeah, that back then the alternates were at home waiting for the phone to ring to get flown because that's what happened with the fresh meat crew for um, Battle of the Seasons. They were all <laughs> at home and they got flown out to location. That's why they were late. They actually delayed filming a couple days to get them all there. Mm-hmm. So, um, man, that is it is so weird how they do that thing because I even remember Teresa saying on Exodus Two when she she gets put back in as Leroy's partner. That she, her and Wes both had just gotten home, like they had yeah. flown home, and they had just walked off the plane. And then she got an email from a producer or something saying, "Hey, we need you back on." And then she just texts Wes like, "Hey, are you are you going back to where?" where um, I don't even know where they were going at that point. Yeah, Norway, because uh, they were in Norway. Yeah, you're right, because they were in Norway at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's like, "Hey, you going? But you going to Norway all of a sudden?" And he's like, "No." And then, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. and then i'm sure he's like just clicking hitting the refresh button on his email uh constantly oh, yeah. hoping for the for you know what's you know. so interesting i know we're getting on a rabbit trail but like if Teresa wasn't one of leroy's exes does leroy just have to go home at that point or do they just plug in any of the people from the show that would come back i mean the thing is they don't like mike mike isn't one of his rivals when they bring him on rivals and then Carl i know and it's Cook just- to have no real dynamic coming on before rivals two so i think they would have just brought whomever on and like yeah. it, it, like with these exes i mean if they hug at some point on the show and they <laughs> catch it on their head, yeah then that, that's that's fine you have so the I, you have the team of abe and Carr who were still together and dustin and heather who were also still together when they were on battle of the exes so yeah you know i mean like leroy and ty repair on rivals two because leroy held ty back in a fight like on rivals one like you know it's just it's with these people it's loose it's loose yeah i i think because like you don't want just jay and jenna versus sarah and jordan in the final no i think that if if they couldn't get leroy's partner then leroy doesn't compete in the elimination and it bananas and nani just go straight to the final they just go straight to the final i mean if they could bring Teresa back like that why wouldn't they just bring back him her and west well, I don't know. Well, no, I, I will know what would have. Ha- oh, you're saying like bring Wes and Teresa back in instead and just send Leroy. Yeah, home. and you can have them go under the elimination for Leroy. That's true. Could have done that too. Yeah, well. I mean, they're, they're, they're the, Wes is the one person the entire season who doesn't get the chance at redemption that everybody else. No, does, so. he, he's you're right. He was the only one. So uh, that, that would have made sense to me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the alternates I do think is an interesting one. So Jimmy's also an alternate on the female side along with Emily. Yeah, I mean, the, the men's side I was pretty disappointed by because so with, with this one we've got Brandon Nelson and Cyrus who are both demoted to alternates. I, I I was pretty upset by this. I am extremely upset by this one because I'm sorry, Derek Chavez. I just got through watching a few episodes of Cutthroat. I decided to skip ahead because when I did my rewatch last year, I purposely skipped the Ruins and Cutthroat so I would be fresh. So now I've watched the Ruins to prep for our recording of that this Sunday. But I just decided to start Cutthroat and like he's wallpaper. And I know that he has a moment in Battle of the Seasons and he has the moment with Marlon and Rivals too. But like at no point is he a threat to anyone in this game, like ever. And so part of me is like, I get that there are certain players that I would consider Brandon and Cyrus an all-star. I don't even know that I'd consider Brandon an all-star, but Brandon's more of an all-star than Derek is because at least he's won eliminations. Derek's won nothing in the history of the show. I don't even – for me, it's not even that. I just – I think there's more beat on the bow with Brandon. Part of it to me feels like, like almost oh, the guy. He, he's he's definitely been on uh, – if you have the all-bad-luck challenge team, he and Sarah Rice are right up there. 
but at least Sarah has won and won money. Brandon just gets hosed every time, <laughs> every single time they hose him. And it's not intentional either. Like rewatching Cutthroat, it's so interesting because the first time I watched Cutthroat, I was like, man, that's so unfair the way they're treating Brandon. Like Brad's just being a jerk and all this stuff. And it's like, now I watch the show and I'm like, no, Brad had never won, and he was pretty sure this was going to be his last challenge, so he was not going to go in elimination. Nothing was going to get Brad in elimination. Nothing. So, yeah, that's that's he, the way he, Brad needed to play the game. And just random draws and Brandon just do, do not mix well because you've got <laughs> the situation on Cutthroat where, I mean, they're just picking teams, so, you know, he could yeah. have ended up on any team. And then, I mean, on Fresh Meat 2 – if like Evelyn just is there is in an alternate, which is so odd on Fresh Meat too, yeah. and she's just in the like picking pace, picking ahead of Caitlyn, or Caitlyn decides to pick Luke instead. All of a sudden, he's paired with Evelyn instead of Caitlyn. Um, and then the free so many draw, he, yeah, and the free agent draw, he gets stuck with Zach in what's basically a hall brawl. Like it's, yeah. it's just a rough go. And then he's got Ty as his partner on Rivals, and that wasn't going to go anywhere because they had zero <laughs> political options in that show. And yeah, he actually beats Wes and Kenny up the the rope the first time in that elimination too. Yes, he did. And that's the thing is it's just like he just 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 never and then he's on the awful fresh meat team for Battle of the Seasons. We've talked about <laughs> oh, that yeah. too. It's just like the guy just never is put in a good situation on the show and it feels like All-Stars is a place where he's got friends from the show now, you know, back then it was hard to get through that bananas Alliance, you know, like the, he was never in the bananas Alliance. So he was going to have a tough row anyway, but on this show, he like has a shot and it stinks that he's an alternate. I'm, you never want anyone to drop out because of an injury or something, but part of me is hoping somebody gets hurt and he gets slotted in. We don't have to say hurt. Somebody else can have like, I don't, well, I don't want someone to have a bad family issue at home either. Like, What's the good reason to be off the show? Uh, there's not one. <laughs> Unless there, you just, there has to be no, something. Wait, wait, wait like... there is. Uh, what's his name um, from season 36? Uh, Leo Rush quitting for his mental health. That's a good reason to leave. No, that's like, not a good, like a good thing, though. It's not a good thing, but it's not a situation where there's there's uh, someone's hurt back home. He didn't break an arm. He just made a choice for his own mental health that being on the challenge was not for him. And I applaud that. And so if anyone is going to have to go home for a reason, I would rather it be by someone's own choice to do something to, you know, take care of themselves. I mean, there's no one wants to leave the challenge or as a fan, I don't want people leaving the show or getting hurt on the show. But if someone's going to, I'd rather it be that than something else. Uh, yeah i suppose i mean and the thing is like this guy's cast is pretty like spread out in mm-hmm. terms of so i you'd imagine okay you got brad Darrell, and Derek. they'll kind of be a group but i imagine kahuta will probably be kind of in with them but it's not like the rest of this cast is super like well linked together no like, you think like, steve Menke is gonna be like Machiavelli? He has zero allies on the guys team. Like maybe Darrell, maybe, but that's even a stretch. They were on the gauntlet together. Like that's a stretch. I mean, Darrell's been on a season with like everybody else on this cast. Yeah. though. Darrell then. probably went Steve who when they said Steve was there. It's like, who? <laughs> um, yeah, maybe MJ's kind of with him. Yeah, then you have like. So I, I think if he's able to get on, he's in an okay spot if, if he yeah. can find a one. Maybe being the alternate, like, he does get on and it ends up being an okay yeah. situation. For him. I mean, he's been a multiple-time guest on Challenge Mania, even in its previous incarnation when it was Derek and the other guy and they oh, were really? a little more looser with their language. So, like, I feel like Derek and, he, and Derek did cutthroat with him, so he knows what he can do in elimination. So I I feel like... Derek would be his in like he's just never gotten the opportunity to play with Derek after cutthroat because Derek had the long layoff until dirty 30 yeah so um bad so luck yeah, he, man yeah so he's on the bench and also very disappointing Cyrus is also an alternate for this season. god that one kills me kills yeah. me because you know it's funny looking at the male side of the cast like we don't know what this format is, but let's pretend. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, but yeah. let's pretend for five minutes that it's the same format from last season, okay? Or similar to it. You know, if Brandon's on this cast, Brandon, let's say he still gets the bad draw politically. 
who are the people that are going to probably get thrown in? I Ryan Kehoe's getting thrown into elimination. <laughs> okay. Uh, I would see Derek Chavez getting thrown into elimination. I could see Tech getting thrown in again. And I definitely see Tyler getting thrown in because nobody on this guy's side other than Brad has like a game relationship with Tyler. Yeah, have he have he and Derek talked at all? Not I really. Don't think so. I know he's done Challenge Mania like all of them have, but they don't sound like they've kept in touch. And I know Darrell and Tyler never really kept in touch. I don't even know that yeah. Brad and Tyler did, but Brad and Tyler won Cutthroat together. So to me, it's like... I, I think Brad's got better ties than that, though. He's not going to be... Oh, yeah, Brad's not going to... No, Brad's not going to do that. So, you know, he would have a good shot here because even if he does go into elimination, there's a lot of bones to pick on this guy's side that would be easier matchups than others like you know nehemiah that's a 50 50 mj's between him and uh, brandon yeah mj would be a 50 50 latarian would be a 50 50 but then you kind of go over the cliff a little bit like steve i just don't know like what do you what are you supposed to do with tim <laughs> like i can't even like barely picture steve in my head i didn't remember he was even on the gauntlet like i literally had to be reminded that he was there so I don't, I just don't know. I don't know what we're doing. I, I I just, I hope that he gets a real chance and I hope that they keep up what they did this season. Like if you were an alternate last season, you're on this year. We're readily assuming there's going to be an all-stars three filming sometime in the winter. So I hope he gets another chance because dude, dude needs a legit chance. Like don't, don't put him in a situation again to get screwed. <laughs> Um, yeah, and Cyrus is also very disappointing to me that he's also an alternate, especially in our recent rewatches. Cyrus, I think, is definitely, like, in terms of, like, best confessionals from, like, the earlier seasons, I think Cyrus, you definitely have to put up there. Just quotes in general, like... Yeah, even his his time on the ruins, what screen time he got was really good. Like, he was funny. If you need eight seconds of airtime, Cyrus is a great option. So, like, I don't know why you have him as an alternate unless you, I mean... It's just hard for me to imagine, and I know we make jokes about Ryan Kehoe, but he was an alternate last season. But it's like to prioritize Ryan over Cyrus is just a head scratcher to me in some cases. Tyler's so. the one for me, and then Steve, like we just have no clue. Like you know, God, God only knows what what um, yeah. he'll bring to the table. Absolutely, um, I, I think but, Tyler. Like I, I would much prefer Cyrus on than Tyler. Yeah. The other thing that's really interesting too is is um, Eric isn't on this list anymore. How, was he on when we covered it last time? I thought yes, he was already on. He was. No, no, no. Last okay. time we did the show, he was he was on it, but apparently he never made it quarantine. Yeah, that is odd because, I mean, we know that Mark Long was removed from ca- any casting direction from what we mm-hmm. from what we're aware of. And yeah, you have Twitter, to imagine if, if anybody in that uh, uh, on the whiteboard is pushing Eric Neese's name across it, it's Mark Long. So I think yeah. him not not. <laughs> Not sitting in the room anymore. That probably wasn't happening. Yeah. I, I wasn't really surprised he wasn't on last season. Well, he wasn't on last season because he was still, they were wanting him, when they were filming, I think they were still filming Real World Homecoming or had just finished oh. it. And he had COVID on Real World Homecoming. So I don't think he did it for that reason. I see. Because he also lives in Hawaii. Like, it's not an easy flight yeah, to come he's, into he's quarantine. An, he's an odd one. Have you gone on his website for like his retreat that he does? Like, cause he I owns think we like did a, at one point a while ago. Yeah. He, it, for those of you that don't know, you should Google Eric knees, uh, website in Hawaii. He is, uh, got a very interesting compound where you do yoga and you eat all kinds of weird stuff to make you healthier, which I'm sure it does because it'll probably make you shit sideways because <laughs> of some of the food that I've seen on these pictures, you know, like, <laughs> You, you think they'd want to bring him on then, right? You could at least give him like the Orissa role from last season where you just talk about like whatever they're up to in the regular re- regular life. Well, having watched Real World Homecoming, um, he he really is like this Zen master I mean, yeah. kind of thing. But he's not he's not crazy like Orissa. You know, like Orissa <laughs> was always a little li- no, I don't want to say unstable. But she was unpredictable. <laughs> Eric Nees, since his drinking days were over, was very predictable on these shows. 
Yeah, that, that's probably true. Orisa's also just got... You know, there are some people that I'm sure you know in your regular life that have just like kind of a bowling ball personality, or they're rolling down, or snowball personality is probably more accurate, or they're rolling down the hill, picking up snow, whatever way the hill rolls is just whichever way they're going to fly. Orisa's yeah. definitely more in that mold, uh, whereas Eric Neese may, maybe is not. Maybe he, he might be a bit more yeah, uh, calculated. Absolutely. So... Anyway, that's that's pretty much our updates on All Stars. We briefly mentioned Ruthie's not there. I have no clue. Um, it says didn't make it to the location for why she's not there. So, like, I, I'm assuming she was in quarantine. Maybe something happened. Maybe she tested positive for COVID. Like, we don't know. I have well, not been able to make get it to location. Any... Yeah, that means didn't make it to location means she was in quarantine, but did not make the flight to Cancun. So why? I don't know. I do know she was in quarantine. I can't tell you what happened. Okay. So anyways, um, anything else about all stars? We need to update. I think that's pretty much everything other than they're filming it right now. The filming started. Um, I know they flew out Sunday and we're filming stuff Sunday night, like the welcoming party and all that kind of stuff they do. Um, yeah. and usually they spend the second day doing publicity photos and all that kind of stuff. So my assumption is, is they started the official dailies and stuff on Tuesday. What, if you had to guess, what do you think the format will be in terms of like how, who's like how many winners there are? Like, what, what, what do you think in terms of that? I think after last season, they need to keep the same format, but have a male and a female winner. I definitely think they should. They'll have a male and a female this time around. I think um, the backlash was bad enough that they will. Yeah, that was the one thing people really seemed to have a problem with last season. Like I know, like Kellyanne had had a post where she was she was pretty upset about how that was determined. I know we talked to Yes, and he was like, "Look, I won the show, and like I'm not. I don't care if Kellyanne yeah. also wins the show or whoever. Like that's fine, right?" <laughs> um, and it's a, I don't I really haven't seen a good argument as to why there's the need. For the one person winning, really ever, honestly, like even when it's happened on Vendetta's or War of the Worlds one, yeah. I haven't really just, seen many. Pe- it's just apples and oranges when it comes to men competing, and I'm not saying that women can't compete with men because there are some women that really can compete well with men, but the people they cast on the challenge, most of those women can't compete with the men, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just they they cast a lot of people based on their personality and not competitiveness. I don't and even so, know, like, I think it's just a hard issue. I don't think there's a, a situation that really has a great way to solve it. Because, like, what is, is it, when you try to set up, like, equalizers, for example, what does that mean? Like, if Turbo and Siobhan are competing in an event, and we have it There is no equalizer yeah, that will equal that out. <laughs> so does that mean that Turbo and Siobhan should be, like, a 50-50 shot then? I mean, and the same thing the other way. Like, if it's Evelyn yeah. versus uh, your buddy Ryan Kehoe, like, should the event be structured so that that event is now even, or should it be structured where Evelyn beats him pretty handily? Like, I, I, yeah, I, I just don't see. I think it's something that what they end up ends up usually happening with that is it's almost like the producers are deciding who wins because they just strain together or whatever, and then it's usually either way in favor of the woman or way in favor of the men, and it never works. Yeah, no, I'm with you 100. percent It's just, it's why. I argue if you're not doing a pairs or a team season where men and women compete alongside each other against other men and women that are competing alongside each other, you have to do a male and a female winner because there's just, I mean, yes, showed it in the all-stars finale. Like nobody was beating him up that hill period. Yeah. It's it's just, I would be curious if we did talk to a person like, what's the reasoning behind doing that? Like, what, what, Mm -hmm. what do they gain? Is that, is it so their show, more closely resembles like Survivor and Big Brother, like it's more of a familiar format. Because like Amazing Grace has two winners. Maybe I would I would theorize that. Here's where I think Bunim and Murray were with this. Okay, when they planned this show, they went, "We're only going to do one of these things." Like Paramount Plus wants it. Mark Long won't shut up about it. Like we're going to do this, and we're going to make it good but we probably just going to do one of these. And then it was wildly successful. So from a marketing standpoint, when you say we're going to do the challenge all stars and there's only one winner, only one can survive. Like that's marketing more than it is anything. It's not, it's not really about anything other than marketing. And now that they're going to do multiple seasons, 
it's like you don't need to do that anymore. Like people liked the show. Like they didn't. I don't think they expected to do season two until they got the product, and then it was like, holy cow, we have. I, I wonder when that decision was really finalized because I mean, clearly the turnaround on this was exceptionally quick. Like, did they mm-hmm. know almost while filming that they had something good enough? Or like, all right, we can do two of these. Um, did they? Was it more of like an after the ball thing? When was it? Once the numbers really started rolling again? Yeah. I'm curious. Once that happened. I know that the discussion started after they got back from filming. Now, did it officially get signed once the reaction to the show occurred? I don't know, but I know for a fact that they started talking about maybe we've got something here and should start talking about season two before it aired. Like the cast, the crew, the production, TJ was apparently the biggest cheerleader in a lot of cases of like, this is a really fun show. I'm having a great time. We should do more of these. And with TJ being one of the de facto faces of the franchise, I think they listened to him on that stuff. I don't know how much to say he pull. He really has, you know, more than I mean, I, I don't do. know that he has pull, but if you hear your host, who's a face of the show going like, this was a lot of fun. I will host every single one of these. I mean, I, mean that. I guess, but like, I, I, it's, it's always been funny to me with TJ where he'll always be like, oh, running my final, my mission, my season, like my whatever, or TJ, like on the Paris formats, oh, here, here's my decision of what these pairs would be. And we're like, dude, you're like, you're the only host of any of these shows that doesn't have an EP credit. So, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know how much how much uh, decision making. Well, it was really it had. was only through like up to Dirty Thirty. He was trying to be like a firefighter, and he was yeah. He, he, he always said like oh like he was never expecting to do this many more each time he was on. And then it it morphed into like he said when he was getting into doing the firefighting stuff. He said, "Hey, could I still go host the show? You know, a couple times a year." And they said, "Absolutely not. Like <laughs> you you're, you're going to be a firefighter." TJ was like, well, I don't want to stop hosting the show, so maybe I should just go all in on this whole hosting thing. And I'm sure he sees that as a wise decision now because he only works three to four times a year now. You know, he does All-Stars, two seasons of the challenge. If TJ doesn't want that gig, I will happily take it. Probably for half the rate he's doing it for. Although I I will actually demand an EP credit. I I, I would not sign up on it. I mean, you have to imagine between the three shows, they pay him like a quarter of a million dollars a year to host those shows. Oh, yeah. Like it's, it seems like a pretty good gig. Like you get oh, to travel yeah. to all these exotic countries. You get all your expenses paid for traveling wise. He's like flying in friends all the time too. To oh just yeah. Like go hang out with him. He's on like what? Eight seconds an episode. He goes in, intros the mission and then he yeah. intros the elimination and asks them whatever. And then, yeah. And think about the elimination days now. Like they used to do it where they would announce the uh, elimination pairs like the morning of you know, the day after sure. the, the daily challenge. Well, now they do all that the same day. So the day of an elimination, he's just off until it's dark. You know what I mean? So like every other day, he just gets a free day to do whatever he wants for hours upon hours. And then he gets to show up to do the elimination. So it's like, he doesn't even have to go to the house and have his day broken up on that day now. <laughs> yeah. Like he, uh, he's got a pretty good, from what we can see, it seems like, it seems yeah. like not a bad gig. And think about it too. Like he also gets another day off during the week because the day they do confessionals, like there's yeah. a day where they literally just run the whole cast through the confessionals. He ain't working that day. Yeah, no, he, he's not. He's um, it's a good gig, man. <laughs> yeah, it's what I'm saying. It's, it's not, like I've talked about that for a while. T- reality competition host, not, not a bad move. Yeah, Jeff Probst and TJ have two of the best jobs in the world. Yeah, it's although kind of Jeff hard... is like heavily involved with production though no he, he he's got i would assume he has a lot more sway than uh our, our man tj does yeah um, i i think even though like do you do you, like do you think he's locked in permanently as the all-stars host i guess we'll have to wait and see um my assumption is yes for now um so but somebody, I could all- somebody else has to be doing this third show then right they can have him on three different shows You'd, you'd never know, dude. I mean, they filmed All-Stars in like 16 days. So the first All-Stars took 16 days to film, and then they did seven days of quarantine prior to it. So you're talking just a little over three weeks. The other show That's would have nuts. a similar, the other show would, I would assume, have a similar structure. So okay. you're talking about, okay, I'm going to go away for 10 weeks and do a regular season of the challenge. 
Then I'm going to get a month off. I'm going to go do all stars. Then I'm going to go do another season of the challenge and I'm going to take another month off and then I'll go do this. And then he's off here or there. So, I mean, if it's me, I would want to get that paycheck while I still can, because at some (laughs) point they will replace him as host. If the show keeps going, not because he's doing a bad job, but it would not shock me if in five years we're talking about the challenge hosted by Johnny Bananas or the challenge all-stars hosted Would Johnny, by Johnny really Bananas. take it from TJ like that? Or do you wrench it like? Yeah, I think he would. I mean, Bananas is moving on with his life and he is hosting things. He's got the travel show. He did the celebrity sleepover thing. He's doing stuff with Food Network still. He's putting stuff on social media, cooking with Bananas. Um, you know, for him to have a career moving forward, a hosting gig keeps you visible. And so I don't think, I don't know that you'll see him host the main show, but I could see him host an all-stars or a spinoff. Sure. I think he's also only 44. So it's not like he's like ancient. No, he's still got a solid run ahead of him. So if they he, keep renewing the show. Yeah. He, he, he's still got a decent amount of seasons left in him. Who, um, who would be your picks? To, so if we do think it's male and female, who are your picks to win right now, would you say? Oh, my gosh. That's the question of the day. Uh, for the women, I feel like the women one right now. Casey Cooper, no. Um, <laughs> quite honestly, I think you're looking at a dead heat between Jody, Kendall, and... Yeah, they're the only two that I would feel comfortable putting money on. The rest of them, there could always be a dark horse. Like, we don't know what Leah's going to do now that she's in shape, because she looks in shape according to her Instagram. We don't know what Tina's going to do politically, but she's never been, like, a great, like, physical competitor. So I just don't see her running away with this unless she's racing Jasmine and Katie Doyle in the final, which could happen. Katie and Tina were friends, so anything's possible. Um, uh, Katie, Tina, uh, Jasmine final would be would be something. Oh, you know what? You know what? You know what? The best route for Tina to win this show is is to align herself with Casey Cooper, Katie Doyle, and Melinda, and um, uh, uh, who was the other person with Jasmine? Because you could beat all of them in a final. Well, there's a lot of like. I think if you go there with, without Jody and without Kendall, mm-hmm. and like John A was pretty solid in last season's final, so maybe preferably you don't have her yeah. around either. Like I don't think you're sweating it, and and with any of these other ones. Yeah, I think with the men, I would I would just pick Brad right now. I don't I don't have a hard I, I, I don't have a hard time not picking Brad here. Like the dude. Probably I think would've he won out of final the, I, I think out of the top three, I think he puts in like like he he's really there to like mm-hmm. go all out. Like I think Derek almost wants to be somewhat of a hybrid producer at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with Darrell, like he'll definitely want to win too. But I think Brad has will have kind of a second gear now yeah. after having taken a few seasons off. Yeah, and then I think just what's going on in his personal life, like I think he really wants the money so that he can relax a little bit, and that will put a lot of distance between some of the things I've read. So, you know, I think he's really motivated to be there just to prove he can win, but I also think he really wants the money. Yeah, he, he was going to be my picture. I, I think Brad and Jody seem a little chalky, but they, they would be the two that I, I really think are in the best. It's chalky, but that's the reason why they would be the favorites to win. Yeah, like when you yeah. look at the cast, I mean, Derek and Darrell are right there with um, with Brad, and there's always the dark horse. I mean, I didn't see yes coming. I took the bet against y'all saying the field against the favorites. I don't feel so comfortable about taking the field versus the top four in this season. Who's even four? MJ? Uh, it depends. I, uh, if we assume Brandon and Cyrus aren't on, if we just assume this is the cast, I would, if, if Brandon got put in somehow, I would have to put him in there just because I even think Latarian's a dark horse after his performance last year. I don't know about to win to make the final. Yes. But like, MJ, that's like you don't even need to be a dark horse to make the final. Like if it's if structured Nia, like that, we had 12 Maya, basically in the final. If Nehemiah can make the final, he has a shot. I don't know that it's a good shot, but he's got a shot. 
And I, I just don't know what between him and MJ for four. I don't see anybody else really in that mix. Tyler, feel, Tyler was solid when he was on. I just for, I have a hard time buying him coming back. Like I just don't see him doing well as an individual. He's never done an individual challenge before. He always well, he did the duel. Oh, that's but he wasn't good. Like, he's he awful. beat Shiny Bananas. And I can. All right, let's not <laughs> let's not uh, let Tyler get too much credit here. Uh. You know, I think if you had to pick like the real dark horse candidate, I think you would put your money on Steve because you just don't know. Like, I feel like you could get good odds on him and the dude could show up and be like jacked up CrossFit dad bod. You know, like you just never know. I don't know. I I don't know if I see it with Steve. I don't know anything about Steve. So (laughs) he would be the dark horse bet because you just really don't know what you have with him. Like with Tyler and Ryan, you kind of know what you're going to get. With Nehemiah, you kind of know what you're going to get. With Kahuta, you kind of know what you're going to get. But we've also never seen Kahuta in a final either. So if he does make a final, you really don't know what you have. But I just I think that some of these bigger guys are going to want to go against Kahuta. And I know Kahuta was the giant slayer on the ruins against West and against. Uh, I mean, he wins one elimination that's set up for him on a platter against West. Like he, you're you're giving him like the the lasso rope rope a dope elimination. Well, he won two eliminations. He uh, beat um, Cyrus. Well, there's there's two rope a dope eliminations because he's got the one where he's got to untangle the ropes like like that. And then he's got the yeah. one where he has to like. You know, do the uh, the the Leroy his way down, yeah. The Leroy elimination. That's the way. And I like Cyrus should have beat him in that. I mean, Cyrus unhooks one of the one of the things on the rope. But I mean, he, he thought in the rules got to unhook both. And they're screaming at him to just pull the rope over, and he's you now just wasn't listening to his team. But whether you, regardless, in the record books, Kahuta has two wins: one against Wes and one against Cyrus, and so. You just don't know what could happen. Uh, he's beating Preston, too, on free agents. Oh, I forgot about that one. And then he lost his only elimination yeah. that he did again in Battle of the Bloodlines. Yeah, he loses to uh, Tom. It really is amazing to me how few seasons he's actually done. Yeah, I like, feel like him and Kellyanne, the two of them are two people that you really think did a lot more, but they both only did four. Yeah, I mean... Well, and it's they also were a weird time, like a weird timing on their seasons, too. Yeah, and they did three of those four seasons together, which is even crazier when you think about it because they did the island together, they did uh, the ruins together, and then they did um, Battle of the Bloodlines together. So their other ones were um, – I forgot what Kellyanne's other one was. Well, Kellyanne's other one is Rivals 3 when she's okay, with Jamie. Yeah. So Rivals 3 and then Free Agents was Kahuta's. So like three out of their four, they were on the same one. So Yeah, yeah it's funny. On Bloodlines too, they don't really like – they're all, they're all kind of just portrayed as like allies on Bloodline. So it's not much like Kahuta's dynamic for the two episodes he's on. It's more with Nani. Yeah, which was really funny from the after show. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll get to that one day. But cool. Well, yeah, uh, before be we run out of time here, uh, what do we got for season 37? Um, so we haven't had a ton of updates. We did have like, uh, there was a, a sort of a cast preview show that came out where, still, you know, they just, I think it was Nelson, Devin, Kyle, uh, Big T, Nani, and Amanda were all there just running with Devin Simone through a couple different things. Yeah. Uh, so a few things were like, so Kyle's about to have a kid, apparently. Were, were you aware of this? Yeah. Yeah. His, his girlfriend is very pregnant and they had bought a house together. So like he's girlfriend or fiance. Maybe it's fiance now. I know when they got pregnant, she was still girlfriend, but she might be fiance now. But I know I that they he were was planning... engaged for a while, though. Maybe he was. I don't I I'm speculating at this point, so maybe I'm way off. But I know that before they got pregnant, they were already working on buying a house because it was after. I know about that. Yeah, it was I between they showed them at the house. Yeah. So. Yeah. That was that was interesting. I thought the 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 previous show was fine. It was what it was. They played some it's games just, and did some yeah. trivia and talked they're, they're about much the worse at trivia than even we are. So <laughs> it's a shame they didn't have pop culture bike jump questions in there. So that would have been nice. But. I feel like they would have been better at that than the regular challenge <laughs> trivia. I was. <laughs> yeah, you were. Yeah, you definitely were. It saved my game. <laughs> But, I mean, uh, I ended up with zero points. To be fair, so you you could have gotten yeah, as long as you weren't like Devin in the negatives, then you would you would have ended up winning. If, if I and I did, yeah, really poor execution of tactics on my part there. 
Yeah, you always the strategic bid for Final Jeopardy is always a crapshoot. I know. So. I should have thought about it more. High risk, high reward. <laughs> yeah. The, so so the, there was that. The other thing, there was two other things that I thought were um, of note. Uh, so Devin at one point says, because like, apparently he and Josh have been like vacationing across the across the globe together. Did you see this? Mm-hmm. They were yeah. traveling together, hanging out. Josh did an interview about it at some point. So he says that. So he said that, like, well, we think we're better as allies and not enemies. Do you buy that? I think that Devin plays a character for the show on purpose, and it wouldn't shock me if a lot of Josh's bluster is. But part of me thinks that's not an act, just because he's so. But I think Josh it is, is pretty genuine. I think Josh is genuine in his reactions, but I also think he looks to interject himself in situations to get himself riled up because it's good for TV. I don't even know if it's like a TV thing, though. I think that might be just how his personality is. Like he just wants to interject himself in everything. Yeah, like he just seems like the type where it's just like Josh sees commotion and then Josh is going to saunter over and get himself involved in the commotion. Like I think that's more what it is. Like, like we talked about, like he he's definitely a, a snowball personality. Yeah. No, so that's I, fair. I, the, the reason why I was asking you so much is so like Devin's just king of. I can just so see like the the, the relationship still being more antagonistic from like a, how he's produced it standpoint. Yeah. Like, so, so like he and Tori, like Tori has on her Instagram, like, just pictures of Devin all the time, and her, her and Devin are chilling. And then last season, he makes it a whole thing about how much he and Tori, like, quote-unquote, hate each other. And he has to seem to be, like, almost reminding Tori to stay in character while yeah. they're on the show. So I, I just have a hard time buying that, that they're going to be, like, locked and loaded allies. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, and, and to be honest with you, I, based on my own intuition that I have here, I just really think these vets are going to band together regardless of their hatred of each other, at least for a while. How is that just going to work, though? Because like, they're all going to be on different teams. You can control the vote that way. Like, that's the thing. It's all about well, but like, who's getting voted in. I don't know. We'll have to wait to see how the format plays well, out. I mean, if we're assuming it's going to be like double agents where the house votes and then whoever's the power team gets to pick. Because, like, so what I'm saying is that the way the format is set up, it's an American parallel and international, which doesn't mean this is all going to be all the, always the case. But typically what that's going to mean is that it's going to be a veteran pair with a rookie because most of Americans most are vets, of them, most, of international, then, yeah. most internationals are rookies. What, so then Kyle's it's be the all, only international non-rookie this it's year? It's Kyle, Big, Big T, T, and, and Nam. Yeah. I think that's it. That's and there's it. a couple American rookies, like you've got your Tommy Tommies and, and Michelle's. Yeah, uh, Jeremiah. Yeah, but so like, I, mean, I, I just don't see how that's going to function really then because they're all going to be like all fanned out. So you're going to yeah. pick on like the three teams that don't have a vet on them. I just don't think that works. Yeah, I you know the other thing to consider is people. We already know based on the format that we've been shared with is that the partner switching is still in play. Now whether there's we, we also in- we also have a very good idea that it's going to be two people going into elimination at once, be based on yeah. how the, the trailer's been shot. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff in play here about how this could all work out. So it could be that these vets try to go in early to switch partners to give them a better chance to win later. I don't see that. That would be dumb because you want more votes, but it could be again, like double agents where every, even the team gets an individual vote, like team members can vote opposite of each other. So what does it really matter at that point other than you're just putting two vets in? But I, there's just a lot we don't know yet. And so I, I feel so like I, I could see like there being a late game of sort of takeover with veterans. Like the, the, like that the last half, maybe even the last two thirds of this season are, there's a couple of, you know, uh, more tenured players in the show that get together and push themselves into the final. But I think yeah. for the beginning of the show, I just don't see how it can function where, um, yeah, it's all the vets band together. They just pick. Maybe it's just they all pick on the, the three teams. Yeah. Like like then the, the survivor crew is in trouble because they're all on 
uh, non-veteran paired teams. And Dude, that's going to be brutal for them, like for real. Like those Survivor kids are – I think the CBS really group is going to be in trouble this season. I don't think it's going to be like last season where the Big Brother group was kind of, was kind of able to control things. Running everything, really. <laughs> Leroy yeah, King and Big Brother were running the game. That's that's really who it was. It was the, the two of them, Nani and the Big Brother contingent. I, I just I don't think they have the numbers. And I, I'm a big believer in the reversal theory on the show, where mm-hmm. for outside of a few exceptions, like Kara has her run where she's kind of just in the final every season. Our bananas, for, part, for that matter. Yeah, uh, he's he's got he's had kind of like a longer because he's had a few seasons where he's been more on top. He's had a few seasons where he's been on the bottom. Yeah, that too. run for Johnny from the island through. Free agents is pretty incredible that, you know, he only misses two finals. Uh, you know, he didn't make it on cutthroat and then he just wasn't on the duel or fresh meat too. But other than that, he made every single final <laughs> from that point. It's yeah, pretty unbelievable. Um, but yeah, I don't think like, I, I just, I think Fessy's going to have a lot of negative attention on him after last season. I don't really see where his allies are coming from unless if it's just, Maybe there's something I'm missing with that CBS group, but it'll have Casey. I don't think Amber B is going to work with him again. Doesn't Tori, maybe that she might Tor- work with. Yeah, Tori, that'll be good. interesting to see if Tori's back on the, with that group. And then, like, I don't think Corey or Nelson has a ton of interest in lining. With I him don't. With well, group. yeah, I don't see that happening at all. I, I think they're done with that because he. So just, I think he and Casey twice could, now. <laughs> yeah, so I think he and Casey could really be on the outside looking in for. for yeah, uh, political dynamics, and I think that could even extend out to the survivor group as well. Right? I think Michelle and Michaela and Tommy could be in a little bit of trouble. I think they're going to be in trouble day one. Personally, I really do. I think especially when you've got a million dollar survivor winner there, who, you know, no, no offense to Michelle, but Natalie is a much better physical competitor than her. <laughs> yeah, she's just a little small. I think she'll be able to get along well with people on the show, but I could see. I just don't let them. I just don't see the challenge vets allowing a survivor winner to get super far. Like I just think they will do everything in their power to not I mean, let that they happen. Let a big, they let big brother people hang around. Yeah, but there I was a little different. I think I know Josh was a former winner, but they were able to manipulate stuff politically a little bit better. I, I mean, Jay, poor Jay, just does not have a shot. And now that they are casting more survivor people. I think it will be interesting, but I just don't see these people as like great challenge competitors per se. Like these three just I don't. I think Michaela will be pretty good. See, I just never watched her season. Yeah, so okay. I just don't have an opinion. She, she makes a lot more sense. To, she makes a lot of sense as a challenge competitor to me. She's Tommy tall, doesn't make she, sense to me at all. Really? So I, I, so I would say about Tommy is he did an interview with Scott and Derek a while back. And I was, I was very impressed by his interview. He talked about. I've heard about, he's like a huge fan. Like he grew up. Oh, he played, he played fantasy, the challenge. That's what he said. Uh, he played okay. fantasy. He said yeah. that in his interview. So it'll be um, interesting to see if he gets the is he going to be fanboyish or is he going to really come i don't think so i mean look he's got more money he's won more money on the show than most people that are be i don't know if i guess ashley has won more money than him but yeah that's cc's won more than him cc's a million dollar mark now i think i guess now he is yeah but i saw the two of them he's won more money than everybody else so i I don't think he'll be fanboyish at all but i what i was impressed by with him was that he um he was saying that apparently before his survivor season, he actually really tried to get in worse shape heading on, onto it because he wanted to appear like less of a threat. Like mm-hmm. on the show, because like on Survivor, you're walking around shirtless all the time. If you've got a 16 yeah. pack, people can see. So he yeah. intentionally like got Game himself weight. in worse. Yeah, I can't. I don't. I don't even. That takes a lot of just humility and discipline to do that. Like you think most people go on TV, and I'm like, look, if I'm going on TV, I'm going to look absolutely as good as I possibly can. Like yeah. I'm going to, I don't care if it has some minor negative effects on my game performance. I am look, aiming for 4% body fat and then that's on the low end. Yeah. Uh, but he, so he, we, so for one, then we know potentially he's got the capability to be a more of an athletic threat than he showed on that show. And then he also just had, that's just a lot. Like, I, I think that's very impressive to me that he was able to do that. Okay. So no. I, I think the two of them could be okay. Michelle, I, I love Michelle. I, I just don't. I, I just think physically she's kind of a hard time. She is again. suited for Survivor. I don't think she's suited for the. Challenge. I mean, you see people like Amber M or Kaylee who have been able to hang around seasons um, at, at a similar size to her, and so mm-hmm. like she just she'll need to find the right lane. But 
She's not going to be able to keep a low profile like those two did. Being a, she's won one season of Survivor and then made the finale on the most recent season. Mm-hmm. So I, I and she'll, she'll have a couple friends, but I, I have a hard time thinking that she's going to be around for that long. Yeah, no, you're probably right. So, well, cool. Any other 37 related news that we need to update people on? Or um, is that I guess the, the quick other thing was the cast. The one thing the cast mentioned a lot too, though, was just that the internationals had done their homework heading into this season, like that they knew everything that was going on, and they came on with like a game plan. Uh, which I think will be in somewhat contrast because it seems like most people who come on the show from other shows don't really have like a great idea of what the show is. Like I know you Kyle wonder, yeah, you wonder if maybe Bunim and Murray said, "Hey, look, if we're casting you, we you, we're giving you a Paramount Plus login and a VPN. <laughs> go Pretty easy watch, to find seasons right now. Yeah, go watch these six seasons before you come on, so that you know what's happening. Because you think you they would to want to, right? Like you want if you know you're having the potential to win that much money, you would want to be coming as prepared as possible. That's I know that's how I would approach those situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I mean I would, but. Some of these people haven't, you know, <laughs> it to me, it took bear until uh, war, of the not even war of the worlds. It took bear until total madness to really start playing the game somewhat. Okay. But even like, I know Kyle talks about, he went on uh bandanas and he had no, like he just thought it was like a dating show where their dates were like more competitively oriented. Like he, he had no, clue literally that, like, had he, no clue. I mean, maybe it's just a, it's just a different mindset. But like, if I'm doing any of that, I am finding as much inter- information as possible. Like, oh I, yeah, I am, I am getting doing as much background as I possibly can. Yeah, no, no question. If I'm gonna take the time, I mean, I know these people are kind of professional reality people, and most cases are influencers. And usually, like, honestly, this is part of their work. This boosts their influence. This is their work, you know. Yeah. And if you're going to be successful at your work, you should do your research before you come. Like. Me, who, if they ever did like a champs versus fans, or if I did Survivor or something like that, uh, I I mean, I would have the challenge study done. But at the same time, like I would also be in the gym a lot more and I'd be hiring a nutritionist before I go to try to get in the best shape possible before I go. Why? I think they do that. I think it's more of a strategic thing. Like I think I'm just talking about if it was me. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about me. Like for me to get ready to go on the challenge. I need to drop 20 pounds and I need to get my cardio back in shape again. I'm working on it, but I need to be serious about it. And so if I've got a shot to win, you know, half a million dollars on a spinoff show, you're damn right. I'm going to go hire a nutritionist and I'm going to get back to the CrossFit gym, even if it's really inconvenient for my schedule, because if I'm taking up to a month off of work, I'm going to win. Like I'm not going to just show up to get Instagram followers. And I feel like that's the mentality these influencers hopefully they're having coming into this season it's like look i've got a shot to win a lot of money and if i do really well on the show it's going to raise my visibility so i need to come in prepared yeah so i think that'll be a good turn that in, in the hopes that they, they the rookies know a little bit more about what's going on because you mm-hmm. see like the like the jen lees of the world who just show up and she's like why in the hell John- <laughs> why and i still to this day they've had some wacky casting decisions that one literally made zero <laughs> sense to me. She was on that one episode so of Ama- she was on one episode of Amazing I, Race I and was the complete shit. Like was completely and wholly incompetent. And somebody at Beanie and Murray was like, yeah, first. Yeah, but like not that bad. Like there are still some <laughs> D level reality stars that are higher on that pecking order than her. I mean, greetings, Earthlings. <laughs> like, oh my. Gosh, I mean, she she was like in a relationship with Rogan for a half second at least, and she like was, how, she was active for the two episodes she was on. She was talking to Johnny and Wes, and then she she was trying, but she just had no idea what she was doing. <laughs> like she did not prepare at all. Uh, and then like the fact that she's probably just name? the cheapest person they could bring on that would have yeah, an amazing I mean, race that would be able to say hey, we have somebody on for an amazing like, race that's what you got there <laughs> you got an attractive female who'll show up and get you some clicks alright cool um, but yeah I mean how I mean I know we talked about this on Total Madness but how dumb does D look sending Jenny in against her like of all things like if Jen is going in, go get your skull. Like, are you that? I, I dumb? think that's. I mean, that was, she she like showed up like drunk to the elimination, probably. They had she just oh. come back from the club and wasn't even in her jersey. So I I give her kind of a pass. That that's um, 
like in the Amazing Race community, was that even like a thing that she was on? Like, did people know who she was? Yeah, like people knew who she was. The problem is, is like the crossover from the challenge to Amazing Race, I would say, is higher than the Amazing Race to the challenge. And it's mostly because of the age. Like, honestly, some of the most popular characters on the Amazing Race tend to be people in their 40s and 50s. <laughs> so, like, the younger, the younger racers usually suck. They're terrible. Like, there's just something about having a little more life experience that helps. I think it's probably also well on cast show. It, though. Yeah, like, but probably, like because like we're looking for old people. Like, well, looking- it's not even just that they were looking for like diverse types of people to race. Like, you know, there would be like the the two grandmas from Iowa that are racing, and they're all excited to show grandmas their grandkids. From Iowa, I can't. I can't imagine that goes very well. Like the first season, they had like a gay couple from San Francisco who, you know, were on there, but they were racing against two soccer moms and, you know, they were all about that. But then like Amazing Race took a left turn like Survivor did for a long time where it was like the model era. And there would be these seasons of Amazing Race where they would have like two teams of regular people and then everybody else would just be beautiful people. And the beautiful people always lost. Like, they just could not. Well, I think it's how they cast it. Because I think the beautiful people get casted for their appearance. And then the other yeah. people get casted for their actual mental, like, capabilities. And their, like, personality. You know? Like, they're real people. And then Amazing Race got worse the more they started trying to stunt cast. Like, when they had Rob and Amber from Survivor on, that was great. Like, that was great stunt casting. It worked. Because Rob and Amber did really well. And the only reason they lost is a loophole that they have now closed in newer seasons of amazing race, the winning team, uh, you're not allowed to get first class tickets. And when they were boarding the plane, one of the guys started like making nice, nice with one of the stewardesses and they moved them into first class. Whereas all the other teams were in the back of the plane where they were supposed to be sitting. And so they got like a 40 minute head start because they got off the plane first and they got through customs first and off they went. Now they hold them all at customs and only after every team has gotten through customs do they let them go. But Robin Amber would have won that season had it not been for that. Because they were dominant. They were incredible. But then that makes the, sense. the other thing that was bad about some of the stunt casting they did, one of the recent seasons, they literally got YouTube stars that like <laughs> barely anybody has heard of. And like, How would normal, you say that? I bet you if I... Well, I, here's the thing. They did it because they were hoping those people would go on YouTube and get younger viewers interested in the show. The problem is, is those younger viewers didn't... Like, the ratings were lower than they were the previous season. And it's because the Amazing Race viewership skews 40 and up. It's a well, completely thing, different demographic. Well, the thing is, too, though, if it's younger people are trying to watch the show, they're watching, like... 45 second clips of it on Twitter or on TikTok. Yeah. They're not, they're not watching it on CBS on Sunday night. I mean, at how many o'clock. people even have a cable subscription? It's <sighs> a great question, but now they would be on Paramount plus. Like, so. I, like I know plenty of people who are in my age bracket are somewhat lower. They're like TV shows are too long for them. Like the attention span has been reduced to the point where if it's not TikTok length, then they don't want it. Then it's too much. That just, I realize time evolves and different generations are different. That one still blows my mind a little bit. Like I appreciate a good four minute YouTube video more than the next. No, you know, I still do that, but I also, there's nothing better than sitting down with like a solid show. That's like 45 minute investment. All right. I'm and in they, on this they disagree. They'd either be on their phone and just, just swiping through with, and their, I just don't 40 second like, TikToks. I appreciate my iPhone. I love my iPhone, but I'm not, wanting to be on it 24 hours a day have you tried the tiktok yet trace i have not tried the tiktok nor well, will i, mean, I try maybe, maybe you'll be in it and once you try it then it'll be no more challenge it'll no 50 seconds tiktok and cooking shows whatever he's putting on tiktok i just don't there was the there was another popular one for a while it's called like vine it was a six second video uh, I'm yeah like, what, we remember vine what is the point like one of the cast of the amazing race they were like one of the most popular vine things i'm like and it was, was just like, t- yeah, a while and, ago then. yeah, it was a while ago. This was 2014, 2015, somewhere in there. But the show got horrible ratings. Like it was like <laughs> some guy who likes to scare his mom. That was his YouTube channel. And that was what got him on the amazing race. Another one was like a dude who like scares his wife on vine videos or like he was a magician. So he would in a six second clip do a magic trick. And it was just like, 
these people just, I don't want to watch this at all. Like I watched it cause I like amazing race, but I, I had no rooting interest in any of them. They were just so obnoxious. Well, it's just, it's the way it's going now. Yeah. But like they were, they were some of them, they were their parents and stuff. But anyway, all right. I think we've officially jumped the shark if I'm talking amazing race uh, stuff. So I think this is a good time to yeah, cut it I, off. So. I think uh, this show has shown us that the amazing race to challenge transitions do not always go so well. So doesn't go well. So anyway, thanks everybody for listening. This is a public show. Uh, I probably should have done this at the top, but we do have a commercial that runs before every public show. So you'll hear it then too. Uh, support us on Patreon. Only costs you four bucks a month. You'll get access to all the Patreon exclusive shows as well as our really fun Discord server where we talk all things challenge. Uh, we've got a bunch of different channels. We have an off-topic channel where we spent, me and a couple other people probably went 80 messages deep or more on the Texas OU thing in college football uh, on that channel, which was really fun. Uh, so um, if you're wanting more of our content, you want to get early access, you can do that. Uh, we're going to start recording the Ruins uh, Chronicles. We're getting back to some Chronicles before the new season really gets cranked up. So we're going to try to cover the ruins and that'll be Patreon exclusive for a few months. And at some point we'll have uh, the dual two uh, out on the public feed. Cause that has been enjoyed by our Patreons for a few months now. So we'll get those going. And then um, as always, we'll be doing our uh, live season recaps, either the night of or the next morning uh, after the spies, lies and allies episode airs. So uh, we'll be back uh, for Patreons on Sunday. You will get the ruins. Devin will be back with us. And until next time, thanks for listening. Go to challengechronicles.com and that'll redirect you to our Patreon page. Take it easy.